hate this situation, I'm dealing with it. You're acting like a first year fucking thief. I'm acting like a professional. Hello, listeners, friends alike. This is Slob Cinema. We got Omar, Eddie, and myself, AJ, your host for the time being. We're going to be talking about movies that uh, most people don't really know or don't care about. Or maybe they do care about them, but don't watch them. So we take that job for them, and we're going to give it a good, solid, thorough, intellectual discussion. Let's uh, begin with Omar telling us what this movie is and what the plot is like. With Scanners, David Cronenberg plunges us into one of the most terrifying and thrilling sci-fi worlds. After a man with extraordinary and frighteningly destructive telepathic abilities is nabbed by agents from a mysterious rogue corporation, he discovers he is far from the only possessor of such strange powers, and that some of the other Scanners have their minds set on world domination. Well, uh, while I, <laughs> I was laughing... Because that's like a pun right there. Have their minds set on world domination. Uh, reading off of the criterion, they're throwing little puns in there. While others are trying to stop them all during this time. A trademark Cronenberg combination of the visceral and the cerebral. This phenomenally gruesome and provocative film about the expanses and limits of the human mind was the Canadian director's breakout hit in the United States. Alright, so like Omar said, uh, this is Scanners, made in 1981, directed by David Cronenberg. The DP on this film was Mark Irwin, uh, who's pretty much his his DP for most of his films up until about 1988-89. Uh, the composer was Howard Shore, uh, who t- up until today has done all of Cronenberg's films. So I think it must be some sort of... a brotherhood in the low-budget Canadian world type deal because they've stuck together through their entire careers. Uh, our main characters are Daryl Revick, the bad guy, our protagonist, Cameron Vale. Uh, originally, the film opened with the infamous head explosion scene. Uh, it was decided that that should be moved 10 minutes in so that uh, people coming into the theater late or slowly or whatever would have time to adapt and then see the head exploding so they wouldn't miss it they didn't want the nacho crunching over the head exploding no they wanted you to be settled by now yeah Yeah. i never really liked those scenarios where like oh let's wait for guests to come late like screw them corny yeah that's corny because i think i think it would have been the opening scene of this movie is okay, but it would have been way more badass if yeah, it opened with definitely. the head exploding Just, scene. I, who cares? If they're coming late, they obviously don't care that much. Well, like, and the, and I don't think it was Cronenberg's, Cronenberg's decision. Like the, the producers? Yeah. The, the producers decided that they should move it in. With this, yeah. It shouldn't bad. open so intense. With this being 10 minutes in, though, I still... And this being the scene. Yeah. I still f- like that it was early because when I first saw this, this is my second time. Yeah, you're like it. waiting, like, oh, I heard this thing has heads exploding. When's that? And coming? ten minutes in, you're like, oh, this is it. Here we go. You know. So, but I, I knew more going into it about it than Eddie. Eddie did not get that scene ruined for him, so that's good. Also, all I really got that was interesting in terms of trivia is that Cronenberg uh, called this movie his most quote unquote conventional sci-fi picture, which I thought was kind of funny because it's. Not really a conventional yeah. sci-fi movie oh, at all. It's not you know spaceships or you know. Yeah, not at all. It's like it's like 
it's like he said in the d- description, it's like more like mind, cerebral, like, like most people don't even know what the fuck's going on when these people are looking at each other. If you were just some dude watching the movie and you had no idea about what sci-fi was. Wait, cerebral? Yeah. Like <laughs> Professor X. Yeah, prof- well, Professor X was behind the scenes giving them, <laughs> like. Cronenberg <laughs> was an X-Men fan. Yeah, and, and Professor X, Professor X was an advisor on this film. Yeah. Yeah. Um, any other comments before we just go through the movie? No, I think um, pretty much that's it. It's, it's it's a fun combination. It really is a genre picture. Um, it combines elements of spy, sci-fi, and sort of like social, like social drama. I like that spy comment. I didn't really think about that. Yeah, well, I mean, like, well, they said the whole idea is that they have like infiltrators. Like, yeah. Like, let's send one of our scanners over there to see what he can find out. And one of their scanners is like, let's send a scanner to go find out what they know. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they're kind of acting as spies. A lot going on in the movie. Yeah. So, like I said, you know, they're working with at least like a few genres here. But I guess uh, going back to just it being conventional, I guess the only conventional thing of it would be mind control. Oh, you know, they can... These guys, they can control your minds. They yeah. make you do. They'll blow your fucking brains, you know, your head up, you know. They sure did. Yeah. So I can't wait for that. With it, it I wish it was the first scene because we would have been talking about that first. But yeah, we got. We'll, we'll be there in like three minutes. No, <laughs> no. Because yeah. honestly, I don't think we have much to talk about it, it, until that. So start a scene. They're in a mall. I'd say mall. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Eddie had a sharp eye. He immediately saw this uh, saw this mall and knew it wasn't American. And I said something like, oh, just your standard low-budget Canadian film. And you were like, oh, yeah, makes sense. Oh, wait, should, we should kind of say, I don't think we mentioned Did we mention it was my first time watching it? No, we I didn't. think so, I yeah. did in the beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Omar so this, did a So this is, an, this is an all-time first viewing for Eddie, me about, I don't know, 37? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Omar, you say you watch it once a year? Once every most? 10 years. It once a, I, I saw it for the first time last year. Okay. So I've okay. never seen it before. But, oh, okay. But see, Scanners was always that movie that I would go like to movie circles or uh, people who knew what they were talking about when it came to movies. And then they'd be like, yeah, Scanners, man, this and that. And then I, I would just kind of act like I knew what they were talking about. Like, Did, did that ruin it for you at all? Like, did you expect I knew what to expect when I saw it, but I didn't know what the plot was. Okay, that's well, good. and you certainly didn't expect the music. No, yeah, see, that's what freaked me out the most. But I did use to fake like I knew... What's uh, like I, I had seen scanners, but I I didn't the, up until last year. The so. score is really interesting. It's got this sort of like universal monster movie type score, but also with like real bassy, trippy, heartbeat synth stuff going Freaky, on. Freaky, yeah, very internal, like, very like mind, very high pitch, you know, things going on too. So he was he was that Howard Shore was definitely experimenting a little bit. Howard Shore. Yep. I gotta look him up to see what else he He's did. He's done the Lord of the Rings movies. Oh, that's what he, okay. All right. He's also done like uh, Panic Room. Mm. He's done a lot Fincher, of Fincher, thr- right? Yeah, he does a lot of th- like thriller type films or um, like epics. Hmm. David Cringeberg. All his movies are so cringy and so. And I was telling you guys during the movie, I get migraines. 
So watching this, I just, it's so like, like some things like chiseled, like, or grinding, or like very, that, that's what the soundtrack yeah, was. It was very like. The soundtrack's like, trying to keep you yeah, interested. And with all the voices and with all the, like, gurgling, like. Yeah. Uh, well, let's not, let's not get, we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get to what happens when oh, people God. get scanned later. I was First going all, crazy. Let, yeah, you were going morning. crazy. Yeah. So yeah, let's go back movie. to the mall. Start a movie. They're at the mall. <laughs> uh, we're following this hoboish looking guy. He definitely looks like he has no place to go. He was picking at leftover food on the tables and just finding a place to sit down. And uh, you see over his shoulder, there's two older women pointing him out, kind of just making comments about him that he, like general comments. He looks like a hobo. He doesn't look well. He looks disgusting. He was picking at food. And our hobo character, he obviously hears because they're only a table away and it upsets him and he hears her inner voice, he says later on, which is affecting him because later we find out that all these scanners have these abilities. They're hearing other people's voices. They're kind of... Oh God, it's so hard to explain. Well, so like, because I don't know. I think, so well, I think powers. the idea is that he, he, well, beyond that, we'll get to the, all the different powers. Yeah. But I think in this case, right now, the way he explains it is that because he's a scanner who's not in control of his powers, mm-hmm. he said, uh, "I didn't do anything to her. Sh- she did it." And he's like, "What do you mean?" And he goes, "She made me think about her." Well, he did. Yeah. He started scrambling her and, brain, and, or and that's well, th- it wasn't on purpose, though. Yeah, yeah. That's what. That's why I was having troubling trying to explain because he he didn't want to do. He it. didn't want to just... hurt her. It's just that because at this stage he's so untrained, whatever you want to call it, that any type of intense, you know, inner voice or if he's around a lot of people, he just his scanning powers just kind of go crazy and might attack someone he doesn't intend to. Yeah, and she starts convulsing, uh, looks similar to, uh, oh wow, <laughs> I'm blanking right now, a, um, a seizure. She's basically having seizure-like symptoms. People are running by, they're uh, keep, making sure she's not swallowing her tongue or biting her tongue off, they're putting things in her object. She's, they're keeping her stable. At the same we see two trench-coated men mm-hmm. that I had even forgotten that I was like, what are these two detectives? They're not doing shit. Like, they're just watching this lady have a seizure. Yeah. Like, these are lazy fucking cops, man. And, uh, but no. These are two men who are, we learn later, scanner hunters, essentially. Uh, they are trying to look for scanners and trank them and bring them to, uh, what's the name of the Dr. company? Dr. Ruth. Dr. Or- Ruth at... Is he brought? Is he brought to the company, or is he just brought to a warehouse that Doctor Ruth has by himself? Oh, you're right. No, these these trench coat guys work for Doctor Ruth. Yes. And they bring him to Ruth's experiment house, whatever mm-hmm. warehouse type thing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once he's brought there, uh, he's not he he's tranquilized, but he's not giving the serum yet, correct? Because. Right away, Dr. Ruth brings all these other people in, and he's having this mental breakdown because there's it's a room full of at least 30 people. And all having all, inner monologues. Yep, they're yeah. all thinking themselves. They're all talking and thinking. So he's hearing at least 30 voices plus their 30 inner thoughts. 
So, and I, during the movie, I needed a lot of recaps, so I feel like I'll be doing that a lot while we're breaking it down. Yeah. But so, the homeless guy, mall, eating trash, eating garbage. Yeah. The old grannies make fun of him. Already, we're setting up separate societies, you know. Yeah, yeah the scanners, scanners and humans. But he's a homeless, uh, handsome ho- hobo, I was Ooh, calling yeah, him. he's clean shaven and good looking. Yeah, he's... So, like, he almost scrambles the old lady's brains, then the two guys chase him, they uh, they get him, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. take him to Dr. Ruth, played by Magoohan, or what was his name? Yeah, uh, Magoohan. 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 Yeah, like, like Gohan. What was the yeah. uh, first name? Patrick. Patrick Magoohan. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, so he's the main, I, I think he was... He was the class actor of this film. I think in the peanut butter and jelly sandwich of this movie, he was the peanut butter. Because he kind of kept everything together. Whenever he was on a, in the scene, yeah. he was, he was uh, top-notch. His voice, very, I, very I don't, gross. I have, very, pe- I have peanut butter and margarine sandwiches. I don't, I don't fuck oh, with jelly. Okay, yes. Okay. You melt, Next, a, I, you no. melt the butter? We have or? to skip no, that. I don't, just... I don't want to talk. That's disgusting. I'm sorry, AJ. It's the, it's the way my mom and her mom always made a peanut. We just had peanut butter and margarine. You know, like so, spreadable butter. So you just had yeah. peanut butter and butter. and butter. It makes it so creamy and rich and delicious. You should try it. I might. I may try it. I, see, what I do is uh, toast. Are you a crunchy type of guy? Do you like crunchy? Yeah, the crunchy okay. peanut butter, uh, honey, cinnamon, and then you mix it all see, up. See, honey, that's see, fine. What? That's no. normal. Honey? I learned that from my girlfriend. Honey or any I've, I've type never of heard fruit of honey spread. and peanut butter. Honey or any type of fruit. You put spread. honey on a peanut butter sandwich? Yeah. The cinnamon sounds I I've I've lacked the ability. Honey to would like hurt my teeth together. See, I hear I something about the cinnamon <laughs> with your blood this is, sugar. This is the peanut something. butter sandwich podcast. We just talk about different peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> so, okay. Back to the movie. Yeah. So, at this point, we aren't really introduced to scanners yet. We're just really confused of why this guy is... Yeah, we, don't, we, we haven't heard the term scanner or anything yet. It's just... So far, we've seen a guy do a weird thing, and then he's uh, uh, sedated with a dart, and then taken to this warehouse, and he goes crazy because a bunch of people are brought in. And then, if I'm missing, the next very scene, we are showing... We are showing... George Costanza with a mustache, <laughs> a skinny George Costanza. Yeah, he's in a bu- he's in front of a bunch of doctors saying he's going to give a little simulation of scanning and what it does. He's going to read one of the volunteers' minds, and I would assume he's going to give that information then out to the crowd, like a birth date or a family member's name, a deep memory locked into yeah. his brain, yeah. something similar like that. And no one really volunteers. They look very skeptical of it. Maybe scared even. Yeah, like it's like it's horseshit, you know. Yeah. Well, we got one cool cat in the back raising his hand. And he's down for the... Sickness? The yeah, he's down for his sickness. <laughs> Michael Ironside is his Pl- name. Playing Daryl Revick. Yeah, Revick. And he, he volunteers to be scanned. Little does George just... Costanza know that he is the one going to be scanned in this scenario. <laughs> this very nice gentleman, he's just going there to read a mind, show off his ability, be all, be cool, but he just gets fucked over. He gets fucked over hard by Revic, and he takes over. And does anyone prefer to go on talk about this? Well, I just I just thought of this. It's almost 
like some hack musician, uh, not uh, magician. Is this like? Uh, yeah, it's like a I medium. Have this, or I have this trick. Yeah, I'm yes. gonna. I need a volunteer, and then he randomly picks Houdini, and Houdini's like, oh. Yeah, I'll, it's, it's I'll like go up it's, there. it's like a, the prestige. Remember that when he's doing the same thing, he's like, "I need a volunteer," and the the girl that he's gonna pick is good is his movie. wife. Good, good movie. movie. And I like the little seed we're planting, the Christopher Nolan uh, seed we're planting here, because I'm gonna bring that up later. <laughs> okay, on. that's good. But going back, uh, the, uh, the what Eddie wanted to call George Costanza character, I guess. I guess a little baldism there. Any bald yeah. guy with yeah. glasses is uh, He's George Costanza. Or Larry David. He had a nice thick mustache, though. Yeah, yeah he had George a, had a nice mustache, mustache for an episode or two. Yeah, that, really? Yeah. That one, yeah, where they were... Uh, we're going to go on another tangent. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. All right, so point is, <laughs> Daryl Revick, they don't. Know, they think he's just a regular guy. Yep. He's the, like... A supreme scanner. He's yeah. Magneto. Elite. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's the elite scanner, so this guy doesn't even know what the fuck's about to happen. Yeah. They go through some stuff, look like they're maybe reaching climax, slash taking a shit, and George Costanza's head explodes. Like, well, and I have it here. It was fantastic. It was, I, I thought it was amazing. Yeah. No, it's, it's I th- probably to date the best head explosion scene. Like ever made like this I can't is the reason better. why like when you hear about scanners you're gonna hear about the, yeah. the head explosion. So from in terms of practical effects, what they did for this is they took a you know little little mask that looked like the guy, mm-hmm. and they filled <clears throat> that with dog food, leftover lunches, and rabbit livers, and and literally just shot the dummy from off screen with a shotgun. Oh, really? That's cool. Yeah, so they literally just shot a head balloon filled with all sorts of dog food and shit and then just literally shot it and okay. it exploded. That's, That's how they got cool. the effect. I keep thinking how like if someone tried to remake it nowadays, it'd just be that really corny CGI and they'd have like CGI blood dripping on the camera. Yeah. It would just be terrible, but yeah, that that was it was perfect. Yeah, nice and nice and chunky head explosion. When you craft something, but see, they got lucky too with the way they shot it because after it exploded, it not only exploded, then like the neck like folded forward, the the, and, the face <laughs> and neck folded forward. Yeah, and then, and then just like a bunch of meat came. It looks out like and, he's blossoming into a meat flower. I and most people would be freaked out, but we're just kind of like awesome. I was, yeah, I, I like, like, I like tapped at his arm. I was like. Why was everyone so clean afterwards? Well, because they had because they had to shoot a balloon head from with a shotgun, and they didn't want anyone to you know get shot. They couldn't just put blood splatter on anyone though. Yeah, they well, should Daryl Revick definitely should have been just. Yeah. Da- it looked like he should just have taken a shower in blood after that. I thought that was because uh, after that ha- there was a few. In this whole movie, I don't know, I was laughing at it. I, I chuckled at a yeah. few of the, like, timing of it. Sometimes, like, a, a cut or something would happen, and it was almost, like, comedic timing. But r- immediately after the bald guy's head explodes, the scene changes, and it shows the, the, the crowd, the, the auditorium seating, the people, and they all just stand up <laughs> and then just start running out of the place. They're like, holy shit. And then... uh Daryl, he's just like, uh, all he's doing is just like sitting there. And then when, when they apprehend him, he's like, I didn't do anything. I, yeah. That wasn't me. What? Yeah. I didn't do anything. 
<laughs> that was all right though. He because he sat there, he shook a little, looked yeah. a little a little creepy, but that's that's all that that he could do, I guess, if he's just trying to get away with it. Yeah, cuz realistically, any human, they can't just blame Revic cuz Maybe they just assume the scanning process went wrong and the guy fucked himself over. But well, um, there are the five five agents. Yeah, five yeah, agents. From they say six the corporation, yeah. which is called. Um, uh, I got it written down. I got it written down. It is called Consec. Consec. So they're at the Consec building when Revic blows up this dude's head. So there's actual Consec security in terms of trying to track down scanners guys here, and they try to apprehend Revic. And uh, sedate him, but Revic again, supreme supreme scanner, uh, gets one of these guys to sedate his own hand rather than Revic's. So they think Revic's not going to be able to scan any power, or scan anybody. Mm-hmm. But um, little do they know, they're about to get in some big trouble. Are we noticing the themes here of our uh, our last three um, podcasts? Now this is almost like a because. Uh, evil corporation mm-hmm. using science for their own little thing and they, they they feel like they have something a weapon a weapon that they can use to you know give themselves an advantage of mm-hmm. some sort you know concept OCP and uh, whatever the fuck zombie <laughs> 3 was <laughs> we don't have to bring that up it's okay that was a fun one AJ brings those stinkers but we got Consec, we got Dr. Ruth, who works for Consec? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We can, yeah. But shortly after, we get is this the scene after where we get the boardroom meeting and there's the bo- the bald guy mm-hmm. smoking the yeah. pipe? This, this I is, love that scene. Yeah, that this, was a well, good one. It was just, I mean, the scene after the test with Vale is literally like just the exact same boardroom scene as Robocop, except Kenny does not get... There's no Kenny to get shot. No, there's no ultimate scanner that comes and just blows <laughs> yeah, Kenny just into blows pieces. Kenny into multiple pieces. And yeah, they're right. trying to rip cords out. Like, no. stop him, stop no. him. But same, like, it's like six, it's like six Dick Joneses in yeah, the building. Yeah, they're all just idiots. Yeah. The, there's a lot of bald people in this movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the guy smoking the pipe, he's just kind of showing the discontent. I, lo- I, I like how they show the differences, too, in... I noticed a few things, like he was on one end of the table, then the other guy's on the other end. He had a more, uh, the bald guy smoking the pipe had a more old school look at what was going on with all the, the scanners and this, you know, kind of not so forward. And then the other people was like, well, this is our solution and this and that. So I, I like that whole, that was a good scene of just showing the what was going on and how they were going about getting these telekinetic people or, or minds yeah. mind fuck fuckers <laughs> just just yawn in our, into our podcast yeah, what yawn. we fucking boring you eddie yeah oh no uh he yawned and laughed i made a good joke there yeah um so yeah okay where would we last leave so off? now we're at he we're at revic the, in the car yeah so revic's in the car uh he Instead of attacking the people in his own car, which is very intelligent, he attacks the people, the two agents in the other car. Mind controls the driver oh, yeah. to drive into, I don't even know what it could have been, the 
an electric box or something. It's like it's like the yeah. car exploded. It's like an, yeah, it's it's like an electric box on a brick building, so they kind of crash yeah. into both of those. But see, that's what every person watching a movie hopes, okay? Because when when there's like a car crash, there's no the car is not gonna explode. When you watch a movie, the car explodes. The car explodes. Yeah. But yeah, so but this was an impressive scene because it showed how strong and yeah, badass this, Revic yeah. was. I mean, like he can control you. He can make you do things. He can I mean, he crashed he, I think he killed six people in this scene. Yeah, yeah, so the head explosion and then I I was counting as the head explosion and then five agents. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So he 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 he, Two he, scenes, he, yeah, he makes people. this guy turn the car into the electric box slash building. Um Explodes on contact. That one dude dies immediately, and then another dude like kind of crawls out of the car, <laughs> and then good for him. Uh, the two guys in the car that Revic is in pull over, and they're like, well, they're like, oh, what's what's going on? What's going on? And they were devastated. They were like, they were really bummed. Those are their friends. You said Coppola was one of them. No, no uh, Scorsese. He kept Scorsese. on. He kept Martin on calling Scorsese, Scorsese. Comes out twice in this movie. <laughs> It's like, it was like uh, 19, I don't know, 1960 Scorsese and then 1970 Scorsese. They, time, they brought a time machine again. <laughs> yeah. No, so so why does the one guy bring out what uh, Eddie called the German gun and I called probably like, an, like a Gestapo gun? That gun was cool. That gun was cool, but why does he bring it out initially? Does he just hold it on Revic? He's, he has the gun on Revic the whole time, just yeah. in case he awakes. Yeah. Oh, because how does he kill the other two drivers? We skipped something before because of something important. Because the reason he got over on these people was because they thought he was going to be no, sedated. We, yeah, like, we meant. Yeah, we mentioned that. Yeah, yeah. Mention AJ, that? AJ, yeah. AJ, AJ mentioned oh, everything. You must have passed out for a second. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, I'm oh, so sorry. Omar's drunk. <laughs> <I'm> so sorry. <laughs> oh, no, Omar's sober. We're fine. Sorry. But yeah. Sorry, everyone. So why did he pull out the gun? Is because yeah, he. I guess just a safety. He just yeah, had how, it on Revic. The how whole does time. Revic kill the two drivers of the car he's in? Revic mind controls the guy with the gun. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he shoots yeah. them. Right? They don't show the agent shooting the two drivers. They just show an arm and a gun. So you assume right. it's Revic. Yeah. Right. And then when they pan back to the shooter, it is the fifth agent. Yeah. And Revic then controls him. him to shoot his, his own head. Yeah, okay. So then now Revic is completely free, and that's when we do the second jump cut back to Consec, which is the same scene as the skyscraper of yeah. the building. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same they do that twice. Yeah, 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 they do it twice. Maybe three or four times throughout the movie. Yeah, Maybe they, later they, on. They milked that one shot. Now back at the Legion of Doom. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. exactly how it was. Yeah. And then that's when we get the scene with all the old guys saying Revic's free. Uh, we need something well, to combat yeah. him. And that's when Ruth, who looks very sleepy, looks like he, he was he's, sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's sleeping slash very drunk slash just doesn't get... I, I had someone... <sighs> Nap time for Grandpa. <laughs> Maybe he was just like, just the bald guy smoking the pipe was just talking so much shit. He's just like, ah, I'm over this. I'm gonna zone out. I think you were in the bathroom for a scene. This isn't like, we don't have to be chronological with this, but at a later scene, he mentions something about him finding a company in 1930. 
So that man was at 42, least... 42. Yeah, 42. So he was at oh. least 30 at that point. This movie takes place in the 80s. Yeah, he's like 72. So he's like, yeah, he's really old. So I wouldn't doubt he was sleeping in A that scene. A lot of people would call him an oaf. Yeah. Mm. Old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> old, people, old people have the ability to be sleeping, and whenever they're spoken to, they instantly wake up and go... Rrr, rrr. <laughs> yeah, old people have the ability to get up, and then one hour later be tired enough to go back to bed. Yeah. So, uh, so, so here we have Dr. Ruth, and Dr. Ruth, he knows that he has Cameron Vale stashed yeah. away, but the board doesn't. And he goes... Well, there's only one way to fight scan- scanners with another scanner. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Judgment Day. Terminator and again, two. Cameron Vale yeah, we got is it. Uh, <laughs> the guy from the beginning who almost killed the grandma in the mall. Yes. Handsome hobo. Yeah, in my notes I had him hobo until about an hour in. Until you asked his name and I was like, Cameron Vale. <laughs> so yeah. So he says, he says we need to fight scanners with scanners. To infiltrate their group. Mm-hmm. And immediately from that point, we skip to a scene of him training, sort of, Cameron Vale. I think there was one train stop scene in between this where one of the Consec uh, high boards is talking to someone that we don't know yet. He's, his face oh. is blacked out. They're in a train station. They're at a train stop. And he... He's talking to this man that we aren't sure who it is at the point, and he's telling him what's going on, how Dr. Ruth has a scanner himself planning to go take out Revic. And then that's when we jump back to the warehouse with this very old man. Another yeah. very old man. Yeah, so so Dr. Ruth's idea is that uh, he's going to, the way he's going to help train slash see what Cameron's capable of is... Uh, uh, having Cameron attack an old man's heart. <laughs> now here he's like he's like Cameron. It's neurological systems. That's what you're using. You're not using just your brain or just. Now your they heart. set it up though because when when he first brought him into the room, he's like, "This is our yoga master." And he said, "Yeah, Yogi like, Berra." Yeah, it it was he he was their yoga something or yoga. He's not a scanner. He's just some <laughs> old schmuck who walked in and was like, "Yeah, sure, pay me." So I guess give that, give, I, give me a pack of bud and I'll have you attack me with a scanner. Sure. I guess they were trying to establish he was somewhat healthy, supposedly, so he can take the the just de- just looking at him. You're like, man, that guy's got a weak heart. And what does Doctor Ruth say? Attack his heart. <laughs> it's like the Spider-Man scene where Green Goblin's like, his heart, Osborne, we attack his heart. I think they originally had a suit. They originally had Arnold for this role. Super <laughs> yeah. fit guy. Yeah. And Arnold just couldn't do it that day. So they're like... <laughs> so they found some the old grandpa? dude sitting on the corner. <laughs> Someone's grandpa was coming to watch his son. <laughs> yeah. So he's like, so Doctor is like, focus on his heart and make it beat faster. Well, it isn't more than 10 seconds when this guy's having a fucking heart attack. <laughs> See, that's another comedic thing of the movie where it's just like, it wasn't meant to be, but I'm like, <laughs> you know, I'm just laughing. Goofy. Yeah, like, what the fuck you think is going to happen, Dr. Ruth? Well, like, the heart machine. 
the normal beeps were going, it was going faster. But then at one point, the beeps just become high pitch. So it's yeah. like, stop, stop, stop. <laughs> yeah. You see the old dude like clutching his heart and being like, I'm dying. <laughs> and still, Dr. Ruth lets it go for like a good 12 yeah, seconds. Yeah, like, it started making a synth sound. Like, whoa, 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 it whoa, wasn't whoa, until whoa, 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 the old man was a centimeter away from death that Dr. Ruth is like, oh, maybe I should sedate. Maybe yeah. I should sedate Cameron. And then he slowly brings out the serum. Slowly. Back <laughs> yeah. the syringe. And and supposedly here's where Cameron's like, see, I am in control and stops. While the, mm-hmm. the while guy, the guy had a stroke. While the guy had a stroke, the left side of his face is now all droopy. Yep. He's gotta you know, he's gotta deal with that the rest of his it fucking like life. Two face. Yeah. 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 So you Oh yeah. Poor guy walks into a fucking <laughs> warehouse. I don't know why he did that, but he did. Then just attaches some monitors to his heart and gets fucking paralyzed by a scanner. Like, sir, would you like to sign up for our scientific research? <laughs> Brain, we'll give you $15. Yeah. And a case of bud. <laughs> Poor so, guy. So then, because Vale was so badass that now I have control, Ruth is like, He's, He's ready. Done it. Yeah. <laughs> He's this ready. This is it. This is our entire training sequence. <laughs> because then he sends him off to the. Oh, he he shows him the photos of the artist. Oh yeah, and he who's says the you, other known you, scanner you, you, that they go, have. Go to this guy and ask him about Revic. See what you can find out. Which is where the sort of like spy part of this movie mm-hmm. comes in. Yes. So that was like another like the artist was like a prodigy scanner or something. Yeah. He like well a... he says that this guy like killed his killed his entire family when he was ten was put away and then like. His way of dealing with him being a scanner was to put it into his art, mm-hmm. and then they released him, and now he's like a well-known artist. Where oh, these things that he's done, which look like fucking Tim Burton's like throwaways, just weird bodies. Yeah, bodies I like the different. art. There yeah, was one that was definitely a gremlin. Freaked me out. Yeah, yeah, there was. There was one definitely a gremlin, like and a it's mugwai. like okay, that was just a cast of a cast of a fucking mugwai, but um. You know he's he's risen to prominence and is a a figurehead. So, but they know he's also a scanner. Yeah. Now, um, for the audience listening, if you're drinking, take a drink every time we say scanner or scanners. The, we're gonna kill like scanner, 40- scanner, scanner, scanner. <laughs> we're gonna kill like forty people. I th- I don't even think forty, uh, pe- 40 eighteen people is our estimated audience on Anchor. <laughs> Oh really? Bye bye, you eighteen. <laughs> yeah, you're no longer. Six of them us. are AJ. <laughs> More than that. AJ will die six times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he bu- he he recently bought a defibrillator on Amazon to and use I'm on just himself. Gonna keep, I'm just gonna keep. I'm just gonna keep jolting myself back, man, just to listen to that podcast again. It's so good. Six flatlines this weekend, boys. Let's get it. <laughs> Sounds like a like yeah. A- that's a baker's dozen. <laughs> It's like a scanner's superpower. Now, so far we got. Head, I really like head, that Baker's dozen thing. Oh god. Head exploding. Okay, that's one of the the. Was that the only head explosion in the movie? Yeah. Oh, that that's, see that's is that the head exploding movie? Oh, there's one, but yeah. that there's that's the head explosion. But okay, so you can. Explode someone's head up. Uh, <laughs> raise the heart rate of an old man. There we go. Yeah, we'll learn the other superpowers later on. Okay. We'll, we'll get to them. 
Uh, then the next scene, he's actually going. He's sent off to go find the artist. So who lives he, in a sweet ass like? Well, bomb. No, he goes to the art gallery. Oh yeah, yeah. He doesn't yeah. know where he to lives right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right. Work. That's where we see all the mugwise and weird little sculptures that this yeah, guy I, does. I assume the owner of the art gallery. He doesn't. He owns the pieces too to sell off. I assume he is the gallery owner. He owns. There, the yeah, gallery. there's a name for the the. I guess the art dealer. The galleryist. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's so, uh, Vale. Vale goes on to talk to the galleryist, <laughs> and he uh, tries to get information on the artist. God, I keep saying the artist. What's it? Does anyone know his name? Uh, oh, got uh, it right here. Benjamin Pierce. Oh. That's, so, I didn't even know you wrote that down. That's great. I got oh, it here. Okay. So you got Benjamin Pierce's... Uh, who looks... Has the greasiest, grossest forehair comb over you can possibly imagine. Yeah, he's he's struggling to keep that alive. Yeah. I don't know why, but... It, his IMDb photo is from the movie, so he has not done much else. No. He's been in... He's been in... He's been in a few Cronenberg movies. I think besides that, it's not... Paul Ruth. He looks worse without his beard. He looks better as an old man. <laughs> Some people are like that. When they get old, they're like all majestic looking. I hope that's I hope that's me. But then you see young pictures and you're like, man, you look like a motherfucker, dude. Yeah. yeah. Um. Okay. So yeah, <laughs> he's talking to the gallery anyway. guy, and he's asking uh, just general information about Benjamin. And he asked for his address, which obviously he can't give that out because that's personal information. So uh, Vale starts to scan his mind to get information. But little does he know there's another scanner in the room. Well, and we have to notice that when there's a quote-unquote light scan, like just a, "Hmm, I'm going to see what he knows. There's usually just a nosebleed. Like maybe he falls over. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a nice (laughs) touch. Yeah. It was just like... So he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, oh my, oh, my nose is bleeding. I'll have to talk to you later. He didn't even realize it. Yeah. And he bumps into Kim, who is the other scanner in the room. Yeah. yeah. Who promptly scans Cameron, mm-hmm. gives him a nosebleed. Yeah. So then that kind of opens up how many scanners there are possible in this world. Yeah, because here we're thinking like two, three, maybe. We know three for sure. Three yes. for sure. And we don't know if it's like an epidemic or if you know how many and now we realize that there are people that are scanners that we don't know they're scanners until the movie shows us basically and this is a a a big influence i don't know like i see it and uh or i could we could say parallel maybe not an influence but a parallel to the x-men movies because you yeah, see mutants versus humans and scanners versus humans. Yeah, and then there's ones that they don't know they're they're mutants. There's mm-hmm. ones that they don't know they're scanners. They don't know how powerful they are. They don't know this, you know. And and uh, there's a government or the shadow government or the scientists that wanna uh, use that or utilize their power because they don't know. They're ignorant to their own power. Also, yeah. Revix fucking Magneto. He's trying to create a brotherhood of evil and yeah, br- yeah bring humanity on its knees a lot of a lot of cool things um <laughs> a lot a lot of cool stuff going on in this compared to like uh x-men and all that and then uh, you said 81 right yeah. 81 yeah so i mean there, there's always there's always those stories for the misfits but and this one 
this one's like the freaky misfits. This one's it's... like this one's like the freaky, like intelligent bordering on Asperger's type of people. It's like man, like see, and this whole movie really is like cerebral, and Cronenberg really understood how to yeah really irk you, man. I like I said, this is a great movie. I just cannot stand it. If you understand what yeah. I'm saying, yeah. like uh. Uh, neural uh, neurologically, or uh, yeah, that's right. You I, wouldn't you wouldn't want to see this in a theater, right? No, I would freak out. Like IMAX. <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, <laughs> just surround sound that high pitched scanning sound. Yeah. Like super IMAX. Omar just be like, moving. Omar just be hitting old ladies in the face. Get me out of here. Yeah, I would probably start scanning myself at that point. Calm but... down, sir. <laughs> Move, bitch. Jeez. <laughs> but it, it, but it, but I love and I can appreciate what they did with this and yeah. and how they accomplished it where it, it was are you giving your a, are you giving your final thoughts now because we're like a quarter of the way through the movie in conclusion <laughs> this I, movie was a seven i like i like the movie a lot it was an a plus out of ten <laughs> well yeah um so yeah we well now we can easily assume that he did Gain the address information from the... Right, well, the next scene we have him driving up to yeah. a barn-looking thing. He goes inside. It's got all these sculptures and whatnot. Doors aren't even locked. Doors aren't he locked. Just in. This dude's just free-balling it. Just, I don't even know if this is his property or not, but he's just chilling out on the loft up above the barn, which is pretty pretty cool. And this is the, the artist's... Yeah, this is uh, Benji. Uh, I, li- I like this scene a lot. Oh, because... Yeah. Because the giant head they sit in? No, I mean, the, the cinematography is all great in this. Like, all the scenes, everything works really well. But this one, I like the big head, whatever. But this has the two worst actors in the movie <laughs> talking to each other. It has greasy-haired comb-over guy who also has, has a lisp. Like, he had like, some weird he had some on. sort of weird... Say you're yeah. a liar. What? what Dude, that's what he said to him. He said, you're a liar. You're a liar. <laughs> Leave! And then when he got shot, he was like, ah! Yeah. But see... No, and, well, and Cameron Vale, every time Cameron Vale has a, has a line, I laugh, because it's like, where is Daniel Revick? Okay, goodbye now. Okay, see you later. You Who signed are. this robot? Yes. <laughs> Let's just all finish the podcast the way... Cameron did. You said he was a sculptist? Sculptor? Yeah, that was all sculptor. Sculptor. I got confused yeah. with gallery. He was he was like a he was like a well-known Toronto area artist slash sculptor. Now, and, no And cool. so he was so point is not a professional actor. This is his first time okay. and only time acting in anything. Maybe he okay, how about maybe he that really is his art. And they, talking badly? No, no, no like the, the, the art in art. the movie really is his art, and they just got oh, him for the movie. Yeah, I mean, they just, only uh, wanted his art for those I'm five sure if, minutes. I'm sure if I listen to the, I've listened to commentary before. It looked before, legit, but, man. The yeah. art was, was, yeah, it was, was cool. crazy. I'm sure it was that guy's then, that, and that's why they were that's like, they were like, do so this bad. work for the movie, and oh, since you're here, how about you just be this role? Yeah, um, yeah, that's that's a cool little take we might have there. But I, I did like that scene because 
I was like, these guys are terrible. You're just nudging the guy next to you. But but uh, but also then we, we almost thought of or had a theory where just like, okay, maybe scanners are, are dull like this or they become just like a, a vessel, almost mm-hmm. like Bran Stark or something like that. But... Dude, Game oh, of Thrones. Oh my god, that's my guy. <laughs> okay, oh, yeah. well, I don't watch that piece of shit show, Game of Thrones. Dude, so. AJ, read the books then. You'd like that. All right, actually, I might consider Yeah, the, the books. books are cool. Or you can always catch up. Uh, they have, like, porn parodies. Uh, uh, Game of Bones. That I'll definitely watch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has it got a dragon and a girl, or what? No, incest. Nope. Uh, but yeah, so... So back to the damn scene, AJ. <laughs> Jesus Christ! This is such a great He's movie. the one that brought up fucking so, Brooke Donahue or whatever so that guy's name is. I d- honestly, it. no, no, the the Game of Thrones guy. It's fine, Peter Dinklage. All right. I don't know. I just that's the only person. This is the best part of the podcast for me. So, I don't know. <laughs> so I, he goes to the artist to get information on Revic, but. I don't remember him asking too much about him. Asking more of how does he control the mind, the other voices? Yeah, yeah. He he's trying to figure. Well, that the, out. the whole idea is he's like, how do I control it? And the guy's like, I do it. I do it through my art. And then uh, the, he's, which was kind of dumb. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know if he was like know. bullshitting or not. I think he was just trying to bullshit and get him out. Of it. But then so he goes, I I need to learn how to control it. I need to find Daryl Revick. Yeah. And that's when he says, shut up, leave. You're a liar. You're a liar. So then they, <laughs> so then they get nice with each other and go hide in a giant head. Yeah. And this is where we get the first, uh, like shotgun posse. Yeah. Where, yeah, everyone's got a shoddy. Uh, they don't discriminate. There are women, men and women. All colors. All colors. You know, some are wearing... Jean jackets with jeans. Flannels. Flannels. And then what was the fancy one you guys were talking about? No, we liked Veil, uh, Cameron's jacket. Oh, it was yeah. like a flannel jacket. All the wardrobe was pretty nice. And yeah, nice. I think he got it. We decided he got it from Dr. Ruth. Yeah, Dr. Dr. Ruth was, was dressed. Yeah, he was a classy old fuck. So oh, he, he gives all his jackets to Cameron. I must comment his wool suit jacket at the art gallery was fantastic yeah but you and i can't wear it because we just we sweat yeah we sweat too much that's why we love wisconsin yeah that's why we live here folks wisconsin the home of high blood pressure everyone yeah Dude, summer is terrible though the humidity oh humidity okay. yeah we're done we're done we're gonna get too upset <laughs> okay this, so this is the weather podcast. yesterday made me cry <laughs> here's a couple of things i'm noticing we're we're covering a great movie and going on these weird tangents but also the part going part of the trilogy that we've been continuing here is shotguns. Also, is a theme oh, yeah. that's been continuous. The first one, uh, first podcast, Peter Weller gets blasted, oh, and then the second one, there was a, a shot. You know, you can only kill zombies with a shotgun. I always yeah. say, or a sniper. Yeah, and Uzi ain't gonna do it. They're gonna keep coming. And so for zombie three, and then this one, almost everyone had a shotgun. Some it was like I shotgun. said, shotgun posse. Except for the one henchman who had that 1911, which, classy. 
classy pistol. Yeah. Let's keep going. Okay, everyone. that's like the end so, of the movie. Almost. <laughs> <laughs> they're done talk. They're done speaking in the head, and while they're speaking in the head, the four henchmen yeah. have infiltrated the the building. They're inside. Yeah. And the artist walks out of the head first, and just immediately, the shotgun range it went past his head, but also hit him in the knee. That was insane. Oh, okay. So we but, know that shotguns have a spread, right? Yes. Like yeah. the pellets go around around an area. But what Eddie's saying is that this spread was like twenty feet wide. Yeah, that shit was insane. From a distance of like another forty feet. So yeah. don't know exactly what kind of gun they had. So he just keeps getting blasted. He tries to hobble away. Just he walks like an old man. Yeah. Right back. Yeah, and then he gets shot in the back. Yeah, spine. Jeez, I can't imagine how much that would hurt. <laughs> he was hunched over, so it didn't. It didn't look like it went into his back. It just looked like it hit the spine and flew off. That, yeah, that sounds terrible. Yeah, he he freaked out when he started getting shot at. Um, the redhead. God, <laughs> he just had to bring her up. Yeah, he had to bring her. Well, she has certain assets. Uh, we brought her up because so she could bring it back. Yep. <laughs> so, they all shoot the artist. He's dead. They don't. They don't show him again. They don't even show his dead body. He's he's gone. No. But Cameron comes out and says, "Fuck this." <laughs> oh, you're just <laughs> from Robocop. Yeah, that's my head noise. Yeah. That's my noise of his head. Me 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 me. He's attacking them all mentally. He forces them to jump off the ledges and. It looked like one of them was turning purple in the net. Yeah, he just kind of like he. That was another. So he's kind of he's kind of choking out these people, and then his last his last Mortal Kombat move is to like do a like telekinesis push where they get like thrown back. Yeah, it was like okay, so that okay, keeping track. I'm keeping a lot of tracks here. Yeah, so we got increased heart rate, blowing up heads, uh, choking choking out people, and. And yeah, like a force, force push. push. Yeah. yeah, so it's almost like anime territory right yeah. now, where it's just like, you're just like shoving you're, the shit out like, of somebody. You're like, shit, man, what kind of power is they going to have next? Which is, I don't, I, but I, I can get with a movie that's going to have a whole bunch of stuff going on, but as long as it's got some sort of structure. So let's keep going and let's see if this Well, I think your problem is a, that... The, the, the rules were not stated at the beginning. No. This is what scanners do and can do. Instead, it was like, let's have whatever scanners do fit what we need them to do. But it's, but they can almost get away with that because since the scientists were still... They didn't know about Researching yeah, yeah, right. them yeah. Yeah, and I'm observing cool them, it's still... Yeah. yeah, right. But I mean, essentially in this world, a scanner is almost unstoppable if you can control you don't know who a scanner things. can be a scanner could be anyone could be you or me <laughs> <laughs> but eddie what are you making me doing no i'm dying <laughs> put your pants back on <laughs> <laughs> so then uh shit how, how does he meet these other scanners then because the next scene he gets to he doesn't get to the apartment, but... Isn't the lady that scanned him in the yeah. art gallery shows up at the barn, right? The she, beautiful... Yeah, because that's... She read his mind. Oh, and she meets him at the artist's house. Okay, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Jennifer O'Neill. Yeah, 
and beautiful she, woman. So of course she misses all the action, but she comes to the barn is like or comes to the barn and says, um, like, come with me. I have some people you should meet. Did you want to live? Come with me. This is Terminator. It's Terminator. It's Terminator. Two I don't Joker see you, Eddie. Yeah, I know you said that a lot, but I don't <laughs> see it that much. But. Yeah, kind no, of, it's fine. Except yeah. for That's the not point, serious. like as far as like this, this like uh, kind of heightened thriller, it is pretty basic in the sense of well, we're gonna get a guy and he's gonna infiltrate and then he'll tell us about the the other group. You know, it's basic, but really cool. I mean, mm-hmm. what I would compare this a lot to, I don't, and I, I want to see, I didn't say it during the the screening. Maybe Inception, Christopher Nolan, almost, where it's like a heightened, yeah, like espionage, a lot of things going on. Well, it's people. like it's it's like, I don't know. It's like not about the the strength or weakness of the flesh. It's about the strength or weakness of the mind. The mind, yeah, and the and which which Nolan plays with in that movie, but is also a a big like Cronenberg thing, like. Yeah. Videodrome is just like that too, like, you know, long live the new flesh. Like the new flesh is like using what you've developed inside your head to manifest things. I've know? also seen that once. See, I go on these little uh, things where I'm like, I'm gonna watch this director's. We gotta every show Eddie movie. Videodrome because Videodrome's awesome. Videodrome, uh, that's a crazy one. I think I I, I like Scanners better. Oh, okay. I like scanners better. Video drum can is one where you can sit in a circle and like really talk and what does it mean and this. But scanners is one I'm starting to see. That's one you play when you're just you know doing other shit. No, but it's like a fun movie. Yeah, but I also think scanners can be taken just as seriously. Yeah, but I'll watch it every ten years. Like Speaking of sitting in a circle, the next scene, they're all in this. All the scanners. There's a. I I didn't play count. I'd say six, six eight six to eight scanners. Um, they're doing like a mantra circle. Yeah, they're all chilling there. They're all kind of putting their minds together. I would say because they're unaware of the circumstances. Of what's it's happening? It's supposed to be some sort of strengthening technique, something or other, but. Again, guess who shows up? The Hunters. Shotgun Posse. Yep. Two of them. Two of them, just right now. We only see two of them. That's how much we think there are. They roll up the stairs. One of the scanners isn't in the circle, or is he just a standard, just a normal person? He's just, like, outside the door. Okay, yeah. He he walks up to him and asks him what they're doing. He just gets thrown down three flights of stairs. Yeah. Not sure if dead or not. He... They showed his body. I think, they, I think he had a. I think they shot him and then threw him down the stairs. Yeah, we'll put him on the kill count. Yeah, he's on. Yeah, he's dead. And then, they just open the door to the seven, six to eight scanners, all putting their minds together, training, and two of this them is gets what blasted. You, this is instantly. what you get for being a dirty hippie, okay, folks? Yeah, don't be a hippie. Dirty. Dirty hippie. Anyway, are you? You're like Cartman from South Park. <laughs> Dude. Oh, you goddamn hippies! Uh, what's that one where he takes them all to California? That's yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a good one. <laughs> California is super good for the homeless. Wasn't, didn't South Park do a scanners? Oh, they had to they have. They had to yeah, have, yeah. 
South Park does everything. Yeah, they they, they do, do no wrong. I've never been disappointed with them. <laughs> like I said, it's not it's not the the homeless. It's hippies. You know. Hippies. Oh yeah, he also hates the homeless Cartman. Oh yeah. No, the was... episodes he's trying to jump the homeless on a yeah. skateboard. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah my yeah. bad. I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, exactly. sorry, homeless people, if you're listening. <laughs> We're so mean. That's fine. Do they got Spotify for free? For uh, Spotify's free. Yeah, I didn't sign up for anything. I've seen a lot of homeless guys with like nicer phones than I got. Yeah, so, so. homeless. Well, what up? Thanks. Well, like UWM's available. Listen. UWM, any campus on or any cafe. With, yeah, with Wi-Fi. Well, yeah, this movie. I mean, uh, um, what's it? What's the guy's name? Cameron. He Cameron. was a hobo. So yeah. I, I figured hobos watch, have seen this. Movie. Yeah, because hobos only watch things with other hobos, right? Like, hey, Siri, are there any movies for hobos? Siri? You mean Alexa? Oh, excuse me. Yeah. Whoa. Calm down, dude. We're not more rich like you, AJ. We're be- I don't have an Alexa. What do you know about it? I, okay. Yeah. So, I think two people were instantly picked off by the shotgunners. Yeah, right. Just and, blown to pieces. And then they break into this room, and everyone's doing their circle mantra thing, and, like, people are just getting killed but staying in the circle? Yeah, yeah. they didn't They didn't sense the people coming. So they're obviously in some type in of... In some sort of, like, whatever. Or they're only in each other's minds, because they should have been able it's, to know that it, they were coming. Yeah. Exactly. But to be fair, that scene was probably about ten seconds, and it was pretty. I I thought it was well shot and well, it had well suspense, done. Suspense and well yeah, done. Yeah, because well, they pop in, they shoot. It's like ah, freak out, and then the lady, yeah, okay. then the lady does a new scanner move. New superpower. This is the super, fifth one. And this is you know, the, she does the force, shoves the guy into the wall, and then they are set on fire they just burst into flames which is that i think that one was pretty cool so let me let me do it in in uh in in audio version they're all sitting in the circle and then it's just like pop ah freak out push fire people burst into fire and you're like that's a power two <gasps> scene you should <gasps> Wait, how do you do the how do you do the sound of fire? Because you just said fire. That doesn't. That's not the audio. fire. Fire. That's saying the word fire. See, when I say fire, you imagine fire. Yeah, be all right. I wonder how they did that because I didn't. Well, I didn't really I notice tried. like a fire suit on those guys or. Yeah, I don't know. I think they. I think they probably had it on like they they put on that like gel stuff oh yeah they yeah. probably put it on top of the clothes and then yeah. just lit those can't you like make areas. that i've seen like videos of people yeah. putting it on their hand and yeah. just lighten it up and yeah it'll go away yeah. mm-hmm. okay I'm so cool i think that. they they didn't have to have like the full body mm-hmm. fire suit they just kind of like did it on the clothes and then when they were on fire long enough on camera they just took yeah. it off and well, so it, omar said it was a pretty quick scene so yeah. yeah they didn't have to do it too much i have a random note dr ruth could have been our professor dumbledore Agree? Disagree? No, Ruth had a wife and children. I don't fuck with Harry Potter. Dumbledore was a homosexual. Yeah, after J.K. Rowling like said that after like two years after the last book came out. Yeah. Wait. Why? No. Seriously though, how do you feel about him as Dumbledore? Like, what does that mean? Like, I don't understand that comparison. Oh, where he just doesn't do shit. He just tells people to do it for him. That like he like he has to let people. 
he has to always figure out yeah, he, he always has to tell people like to figure out things for themselves which is yeah. all that Dumbledore does really he's like you can find it Harry you can do it Dumbledore was pretty bad he, he was, was pretty weak. he was weak as fuck but also Omar, Omar is more on the right line I was more thinking of just the look like the glasses and the beard oh okay that's cool though so they kill the two the two shotgunners and they all run out and hop into a van down by the river you don't stop doing drugs. You're gonna live in a van down by the river. That's where the that's what the, that's the van these guys got into. Chris Farley, Wisconsin, great. We love him. We do. I, I love Chris Farley. Oh, Omar. Hmm? How you feel? Oh. You like I guess he doesn't Chris care. Chris Farley. You like him? Are you gonna say no? Are we gonna stop being friends? <laughs> Who's that? Oh. Okay. All yep. right. Yeah, I'm done with Omar today. Yeah. Omar, stop talking. <laughs> so, <laughs> they're in this van, and another van pulls up to their side with these cool shutters. I don't know. I guess I call them shutters. They flip them up, and then yeah, they're like, literally like shotguns. Yeah, they're up. literally like gun panels screwed into like a 1980 like Chevy family van. Yeah, I'd agree. <laughs> Bro, Chris Farley. That was a. You don't know uh, Chris Farley. What? Wait, are you being serious or are you no, just making a joke? Of course not. Okay. Okay, oh cool. God, okay, back guys, to okay. Keep talking. Remember, right. Believe that? We don't know Omar. All right, so, <laughs> so they're firing like 8,000. Sh- yeah, honestly, I can't tell when you're joking or not most of the time. So. Uh, they fire like 800. I don't know. They fire like 800 shotgun blasts into the adjacent van, which is the good scanner van. And uh, it takes them a while to decide that they're going to hit the driver finally instead of just blowing shotguns into the side of the van. Kim's husband was there too, I think. I believe. Oh yeah, he was like just hanging on by threads Yeah. Uh, in terms of lifespan. Uh, so the van crashes into a record store. And this is where we thought Omar would cry because all this vinyl gets destroyed. The, the poor store. record store. Just... But that was, uh, that I like that scene too where it's just like uh, back and forth and... They didn't. They didn't spare no expense as far as destruction of that van or like just fire and special effects. Everything that was going on in in this. But and Cronenberg gets that pass, man. As far as special effects, it's always gonna be like grimy and nasty and organic, and it's yeah. gonna look good. That's where the money goes. Oh you know? yeah, yeah, for sure. He might have a low budget. But guess what? The money's going to blood and guts. Mm-hmm. So they crash into the vinyl store, and uh, God, sorry, Cameron and Kim. Mm-hmm. Kim, they escape from the van. Kim doesn't want to leave because her husband's dead body is there, and she wants to mourn. But Cameron realizes they had to get out of there as soon as possible because there was a van chasing them. That means there are multiple people still trying to kill them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they get away. They hide in some back room in the vinyl store, I believe. And one of the assassins, he walks through the police and walks through the crowd outside the record store looking to see what's wrong. He finds them hunched over and he is about to shoot them when Cameron uh, turns around and ends up taking control of his mind. And he is gaining information about uh, Revic from the assassin and... He's searching through his mind for a few minutes, and he, the assassin finally pulls out this little tube of 
some serum, and on the serum it's uh, it's uh, the name of the corporation. It's it's the logo for the corporate. It, well, same corporation, different sector, I guess. Yeah. Because it said biochemical amalgamate or something like that. Yeah. So it's it's the it's the it's not the corporation building that we see like five times the same shot of the of the building. It's a uh, like where they produce the ephemeral. I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. Yes. Ephemeral, and that's the the that's the big thing. That's the scanner creator, and also the drug that gives scanners to um, hone their powers, hone their abilities, hone their abilities, or um, weaken. I no, I think it's strengthened because it gives them focus. Rule number two for a drinking game: take a shot every time you see someone uh, have a syringe in their hand. And oh yeah, yeah. squeezing out a little squirt, a little squirt. Yeah. I'm gonna inject you with this. Uh, what is it called? Ephraim. <laughs> <laughs> That's a biblical name. I'm sorry. Ephraim. What is it called? <laughs> Ephraim for dark health. Oh no, AJ has cracked. <laughs> Ephemeral. 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 Yeah. Inject you with the infer- ephemeral. <laughs> it's, okay, it right. it's okay. It doesn't matter. It's not part of the plot or anything. It is part of the it plot. It is a huge part of the plot. I'm going to name my first son hey, Ephemeral. Marsh. <laughs> it's not part of the plot. We don't, we don't need to speak on it. So then we, ju- we jump cut, right, to Cameron in this facility in a white suit? From Zombie 3? Yeah, he's just like sneaking <laughs> around. He, he just finds a suit and he just walks yeah, in. No another, ID card another comedic. Or yeah, yeah, another security, funny security shot. was not what it is now. <laughs> I, it doesn't even show. I don't remember him even like finding anything useful. He just no. walks around. He literally just walks around, like, says, like, just to see what's up. Yeah, so yeah, that scene was pointless. Yeah. And then they, sh- then it jumps cut to another train stop scene. And that's when we are revealed that Revic is the man being spoken to from the corporate head at Consec. Yeah. And that's when we realize Consec is working with Revic and Revic is known of everything. Right. And Revic says to kill Kim, who was the leader of this good scanner group, mm-hmm. and also kill Dr. Ruth if he finds out that we're in cahoots. Mm-hmm. So after Cameron's little search through of this other company, that him and Kim jump on a helicopter and they're riding back to Consec to meet up with Dr. Ruth to provide the information that they received. Oh, you mean a helicopter scene like like Zombie 3? Yeah, Zombie 3. Okay. The greatest helicopter in movie <laughs> history. Some say Apocalypse Now has the best helicopter scene in all of film, but Zombie 3 might... Is Blueheart one of them now? Yes. Yeah. His eyes be gone. That movie was terrible. So, <laughs> so when they hop off the helicopter, Dr. Ruth says he'll have... See, this is why I was confused about... Somebody say it. Somebody say the ser- serum. Ephor- ephemeral. Ephemeral. There you go. Yeah. Dr. Ruth says he's going to inject them with ephemeral. And he... He says he ends up doesn't doing it because it does weaken their powers or something. Because he said he doesn't inject them with it for real because he wants them to be able to yeah, defend it, themselves. Yeah, it does. Yeah. See, it that's like where I'm keeps this, it, Yeah, because they say numbs it. giving ephemeral to a woman who's pregnant will make the child a scanner. Yes. 
but then also ephemeral dulls being a scanner and makes you not able to use your scanner powers? Two out of ten. Goodbye, everyone. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm confused by that. But, so yeah, so Ruth fakes, injects them, and they're both brought into separate interrogation rooms. There's a lot of fake injecting in this also. I'm noticing all these uh, patterns. What are they injected with? <laughs> Ephemeral. Okay, there we cool. Go. Yeah, one for one. One for one. <laughs> That's two for two. Well, the other one I messed up a little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah. you kind of stuttered. So then they're brought into <laughs> interrogation rooms, and Cameron is speaking to Ruth. While Kim is in another room talking to another businessman, uh, Ruth basically lets Cameron know that he he is good and he doesn't want anything bad to happen to them. And he wants them to solve this issue because he knows that Revic is the main bad guy in this film and they need to get rid of him. So he, he pretty much lets Cameron go. Right. And then Kim, we jump to Kim's interrogation room with one of the weirdest business. Guys. I mean, he basically enters. He's like, uh, Kim Obrist, you're beautiful. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. And that's uh, uh, Braden Keller. That's the character's name. And with a name I, like Braden, you got to be an asshole. I thought that guy was sharply dressed, and then he had that little pistol, which was cool. But yeah, he walks in and he's just like, you're attractive. I was like, okay, here we go. Here we go, buddy. I think that cockiness is based on him believing that they were properly injected. Right. She has no He thinks they're powerless. He pulls out a gun. He's ready to kill her. And she's like, hold up. Going to give you a nosebleed and make you do a little dance. Yeah, she makes the mistake of not killing him right there. Yeah, I don't understand. Once she gets out because the door is unlocked, he slams the alarm button wait hold on that's not i mean you would think you just it's just like a red button right yeah it's so obvious it's not just a red button it's an alarm button it says what do you mean because it says alarm see when i use the toilet i want it to be labeled toilet yeah well i don't want to think it's the fridge that that look like a fool yeah reaching in there trying to get my brewski and just get a handful of toilet water looking like aj's brother with the robocop gun yeah, end up with some poo on your hands. That's on episode one, everyone. Go back to episode one and listen to our highly intelligent and thorough exploration of RoboCop. Available, <laughs> available now. It's not funny, Eddie. <laughs> so, so then, oh god, yeah, Kim gets Kim escapes, and then Ruth goes on this weird mental breakdown. I don't know. He's like he's saying, I don't even remember what he's. He's like mumbling to himself about like the, 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 the father, the way we see. I can't. It's cruel, cruel, or something. But that like was that, that was. Uh, he was getting messed with. I I figured he was, or something By was who? going on. Circuitry was getting messed up. I don't know. Did, did he just? I think he just oh. was having a. Wait, I'm sorry. Can we scroll back for like two minutes? Yeah. In the interrogation room with Cameron and Ruth. Ruth. Is just creating superpowers for Cameron and says, "You can hack the mainframe. Oh, the yeah. mainframe oh, is neurological. Is yeah. a neurological system yeah. like the human body. So this man, who isn't even a scanner, he just is assuming <laughs> these powers for Cameron. Yeah. So that's the new plan. So though. Dumbledore just yeah, yeah. Okay, you're right now. I agree yeah. with you. Just gives magical powers to people. 
So this new plan is for Cameron to hack the once that once Cameron and Kim leave the building together. Yeah. They go to a phone booth. Yes. And yeah, so they escape. They through through their escaping, they manipulated like two soldiers into thinking. Oh yeah, they were to like cry about were, their moms. Yeah, cry about their moms. I I'm sorry. Like this, I'm yeah. sorry, mommy. I yeah, did. that was pretty. Yeah, yeah. I agree. That was yeah. pretty pointless. But they got away. They get to a phone booth, conveniently placed in front of a gas station. Uh oh, folks. What do you think happened to this fucking gas station? <laughs> but. Let me hear your explosions. Pow! What's yours? Yeah. Jeez. But to get that... Minimalist. <laughs> to get there... Uh, Cameron's on the payphone. Somehow getting the payphone signal through to the system at Consec to hack their computers. And... Apparently he can put his brain through a telephone wire. Yeah. Yeah. Into a computer because we see by just these, like, being told to do it, he yeah. wasn't practicing. Yeah, no, he hasn't hasn't done it ever before in his entire fucking life. All of a sudden, he's like roaming the circuitry boards of the computer with his yeah. mind. And so we same... can add that to the super. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's scanner sick. powers. That's, that's six scanner powers right now. Jeez. And at the same time, Mister Braden is in the computer system room in Consec. There's only like six computers, but this is the 80s, so I guess that makes sense. They got a blind guy working one of the computers. Yeah, Mr. Moly Moly Moly. No. <laughs> Mr. Moly Moly guy was the, was a different one. The blind guy was the guy that was... was I said some... and Mr. Moly Oh, and Mr. Yeah. Moly Moly. Okay. So he's yelling at Mr. Moly Moly. He obviously doesn't understand how computers work, but he's like this like <laughs> Do that diddly dop doodly. No, just puts a gun in his voice. He's like, do scientific stuff. Because, yeah, so they they received the virus, I guess we could technically call it, from Cameron. So they know he's in their system. And they're vigorously working to get it out. And... So, because they, they're, they're starting to notice, they're like, well, something's going on. Someone's uh, taking out the information at this moment. So then, We gotta cut it all off. So then the Brayden, the old guy, you know, not knowing about the... Yeah, he's yeah. like, figure he's like, it out, do something, you Think know? of your parents, or depending on how old you are, your parents, your grandparents asking you how to do anything on the computer. How do I send this text message? Yeah, or like you show them a funny video and they're like, "Who is that?" They're like, "No, it's it's no one. I don't know. It's just a funny video. Watch it." Well, then it's stupid. Yeah, but sometimes they expect uh, too much out of the computers too. Like you're telling me I ordered pizza and it's not here yet. I was like, "Well, they have to. (laughs) They have to make it, Dad." That's a funny one. (laughs) I've heard that before. That's good. I like that. I, I clicked the order. Why isn't it here? <laughs> He's on his door. Where are they? Kids these days taking forever with my goddamn oh, pepperoni. Goddamn millennials. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, so he hacks the phone. Um, And the computer system, they shut down the computer system. But while Cameron's mind is in there, they're also attacking his mind. Because they're shutting down all the programs, mm-hmm. so it's like, I don't know, creating some sort of static yep. pain so thing. that's going through... So Cam- while Cameron's mind is rushing back to him through the phone, the virus, the shutdown is following him through, which is causing the phone to sizzle and Spark melt. And, yeah. And then it connects to the gr- the so, gas station. Right. And so, well, what happens... I don't know which happens first, the gas station or the lab? 
Uh, I think they at have. the same time they yeah, both it's, blow it's up. At so the, the same so time. the blind guy who was wearing sunglasses in a laboratory for some reason um, says, "Oh, there'll be no kickback. Don't worry about it." And then the entire lab explodes. And at the same time, the falling, melting electrical wires fall onto the gas. There's one. There's a guy filling up his tank, and he sees like a little spark on a wire above him, and he's like. Oh, fuck. And then just pulls the gas line out of his car and just leaves it spraying gas. Yep. And so, the sparks from the wires immediately catch fire on the gas station. And we have, folks, our third in a row gas station explosion. Trilogy! Yeah, this is our gas station explosion trilogy. So many themes going on in these Hold on, Eddie's trying to whisper. No, I was going to say, hey, you guys talk for a little bit. I'm going to go urinate. Oh, yeah, we can... uh... Yeah, take a break. Just keep going. I gotta pee. Wait. I gotta pee too. And then... <laughs> You're gonna hear the trickling of the pee and the. Well, uh... yeah, the day the third. Okay, one we're all perfect. back, folks. We're all back to talk about scanners again. Yeah. Um, where were we at last? Okay, so the the gas station exploded. And concept computers went down. Uh, then, how did they get this information for this doctor they go visit? Or why do they go this doctor in Haddonfield, Illinois? Yeah, 1978. Yeah. Um, why do they go? Oh, because they, they find out that that's a location where... Oh, where the scanners were... Well, where the women were... They, they find out from their computer stuff... That they find out what locations slash people are are giving ephemeral to pe- mm-hmm. to women, pregnant yeah. women. So they go to this one location, and that's where it just so happens, um, Kim, uh, <laughs> uh, Kim comes into the lobby to wait to see uh, is is Cameron like talking to the doctor? At this Cameron point? just runs into the office to speak to the like doctor himself. Yeah. Okay. We don't learn much from. That we don't learn much from this scene. The only interesting thing that happens is that um kim sits down next to a pregnant woman and she gets scanned by the fetus yep fetus scanner yeah that's she a... has a little bloody nose like you know like you said earlier where you get yeah. scanned and it's, a baby scanned me <laughs> last episode we had baby zombies now we have baby scanners there are baby zombies yeah the baby zombie that comes oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. my bad it that was, was a hand yeah, sorry but, um, it... Wait, was it was the it was the Prince of Darkness hand, right? That popped out of her yeah. belly. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> so she was scanned by the baby, and then uh, Cameron comes back in the room, and she's obviously shaken. So he's trying to comf- comfort her and ask her what's going on. And right when she starts talking, a a, a dagger, not a dagger, a dart, a dart, a tranquilizer dart shoots through the glass. Very strong dart. out on. Yeah, broke that entire pane of glass. <laughs> yeah. Gets her in the back. Uh, I was shocked at first because I just saw the the red on the back of the dart, so I thought it was like a blood spot. So a I thought a she lame was actually, bu- blood spot? Yeah, yeah, I thought she was shot, <laughs> so I was very disappointed there. But then Cameron quickly pulls the dart out of her back, and they start running to, safe, running to where they think is safety by running out of the doctor's office. And... Uh, Kim then collapses because the tranquilizer finally gets to her. And they see hiding behind a tree was Revic shooting at them. Yeah, so Revic basically collects them at this point. Mm-hmm. The collection. 
Uh, and the next scene, I believe, is uh, Kim is just on a couch outside of presumably uh, Revik's office, I guess. He, yeah. has, he has an office for bad scanner guys. Well, she wakes up after all the mess. No, yeah, she doesn't wake up for a yeah. while, but she's on a couch outside the yeah. office. So, yeah, uh, that's where she is. And uh, Revik is having a little chat with Cameron Vale. Or, as we soon find out, his brother. Bum, bum, bum! Yeah, he just like, you're my brother, man. You know Dr. Ruth? He's like, yeah, I know Dr. Ruth. Dr. Ruth was our dad, man. He's like, no, he wasn't. He's like, yeah, no! No! No, that's impossible! <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then falls down 40 stories into a little dome and hangs onto an antenna. Uh, <laughs> end of movie. End of movie. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, so at this point, Revik is basically explaining to Cameron that, you know, I don't know, back in the 40s, there was an experimental drug called what, Omar? Ephemeral. Ephemeral, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) This is is where we really got our Magneto vibes from. Yeah, because he's like, he's like, we need to bring humanity down on its knees for what they did to us. Because basically, this was all like, it was initially just a mess up, like this drug given to pregnant women that was supposed to make labor easier. Oops! Ended up creating mutants. Freaks! Uh, luckily, they don't like look weird or anything. They look like humans, but they got crazy powers. What they call it? A hidden disability or? Uh, an invisible illness or something yeah, like that. Yeah. An invisible defect. Yeah. Weren't they called creatures at some point? Uh, Ruth calls them creatures, which yeah. is funny because Ruth's the one that created them. Exactly. He's exactly. like, I have a way with these creatures. It's like, fuck, man. That makes Jesus. me think like they added the idea of him being the father very late. <laughs> possibly. Yeah. Yeah, possibly. Uh, so Revik, like we said, explains that their brothers and Ruth was their dad, and he gave he gave the drug to their, their mom uh, when she. Presumably that she didn't know it, and then, like, basically used his own children as test subjects, and then he's like, "Doesn't that make you angry that your dad, your da- own dad, let you live out in the world in filth and scum until he needed you?" And so that kind of conversation goes on, and Revik basically says, "You're gonna join sides with me, and we're gonna fight against humanity together." Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> my bad sorry i didn't feel you nudge me so <laughs> so then Reva goes if you're not gonna join me i'll i'll be you yeah he says i'll absorb you and you'll be with me yeah. regardless yeah and then this um you can't really tell what's going on. You just see a lot of body dysmorphia going on. May I add that scanner in- fight? It, it felt like Dragon Ball Z a little bit when they're like charging up and they're just like... Uh, yeah, okay. it's a lot of that. So just a little note, these practical effects are done by the legendary Dick Smith who literally his career in Hollywood goes all the way back to like Frankenstein. Jeez, wow. Nice. So, and Exorcist and a couple other like oh, big deal yeah. horror films. So that helps this movie's look out dramatically because these could have been some shitty cheesy yeah fucking lame ass effects but no they got bladders that are exploding veins in the head and in the arms 
and the Blood arms and out. eyes turning white and blowing out and stuff. And uh, so they have this super brutal, uh, pretty bloody uh, scanner fight where they're all leaking blood out of their heads. Cameron's on fire at one point. Cameron uh, gets lit on fire from one of our previously discussed scanner His powers. His eyes explode. His eyes explode. And um, we, we think, we're led to believe that Cameron dies at this point and is being absorbed by Revic. Yeah. Cuts to uh, Kim waking up on the couch. Whole place must just smell like dog shit. Just burn. It just smells like chicken, honestly. Yeah, um, yeah like a well-roasted chicken. Yeah, chicken beef. Maybe a little overdone. Pork. There's a good smoke ring on that pork. Yeah. Uh, that's what she's smelling. It's a bit overdone. She walks in. And uh, she she sees the charred corpse of what used to be Cameron, and uh, Kim, I'm over here. Oh, and and how do we, how is, quote unquote, Cameron introduced to us, Eddie? He's hidden in a giant coat in a corner, hiding from no one. I don't I don't know, because <laughs> only Kim is there, so he's hiding in a corner. He's like, don't look at me, I'm ugly. <laughs> But he's obviously a much better looking man. And now. and Cameron, with contacts and his terrible acting voice coming out of the mouth, is the body of Revic. Inside so, the yeah, he was inside of Revic. So now we've realized that Revic's attempt to switch, not to switch, but to absorb his neurological powers, has ended with Cameron showing he's more powerful, and replacing his dying body's neurological system with Revix. So he essentially body body switches. Yeah, you guys took about 10 minutes to try to explain this to me after when the credits start rolling. Yeah, well, that's because there's not really any. Well, I, I like this ending a lot because it was a showdown, the ultimate mind showdown. That's what yeah, we it's the Yeah, it's the OK Corral. We want Revix and, and Cameron going at it. But then also, it, it's just like the destruction of Cameron's body because Revic was essentially trying to get into Cameron's body or absorb it, use it up, take it all up. So that was just like that vessel, that's over. Then there was essentially one more battle, the mind battle between Cameron and Revic for the one vessel, which was Revic's body. Right. And if essentially Cameron wins, and then the only thing that transfers is his sweet his, ass his, voice his, and his, blue his, eyes, his, his eye color it's and me. voice. It's me, Kim. Yeah, I'm it's like here. yeah, it's like Kim gonna even bang him now anymore. Like, what if she found Cameron attractive and not Revit? Hey, she just lost her husband like twenty four hours. She's good. Ago. They were falling. In, didn't they kiss? No, they didn't kiss. No. I don't think so. Yeah. I don't think there's any. She'll really... move on eventually. They think... they go off in a van together with car with uh, fucking guns loaded yeah. in the back. I didn't I didn't feel any, too many like any like sexual tension at all between Not them. Not at all. No. I thought yeah. cuz she mm-hmm. didn't even want to like go to attack Rivik. He was just kind of like, "Hey, like you're honestly Yeah, you guys are right, but they do leave together and they're like so you're just assuming. They're partners in the sense of they were in it together. They were good scammers. I'm just saying it might lead to something. Can we say that? AJ, when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. That makes sense. So let's not assume here. See, yeah. I, I, one thing I'm noticing too in this world is like the, the nice scanners. They were a little more 
they weren't so brutal. They're not going to blow your Yeah, they were doing meditation out. circles. They just want you to flip or something. Yeah, they'll flip you over with like a four. Well, and, and even the moment that was the most violent was when Kim set those people on fire. But that was almost like out of defense. fright, defense, yeah. because those people came in there with those shotguns killing her. Her people are Meanwhile, Cameron's just ruthless. He don't give a fuck. That was that was an awesome scene. I, I'm gonna man. kill this old man. Just yeah, I know <laughs> the heart and that poor. But but the end scene was a great one. Just to roll into credits. Yeah, and everything. It, it's super like intense. And then you know, like Eddie said, he. For, I don't understand why the fuck he's hiding in a corner under a coat. But it does that was kinda, weird. It does kind of make a like, oh. That's what happened. Like, Cameron's still there. I think it would have been cooler if they just had Revic's body standing over Cameron. Like, you're like, oh, shit. Like, Cameron actually fucking... Yeah, why didn't that happen? And, it like... Or even just a slow, like, ooh, cut to a charred corpse and Cameron saying, Kim, it's okay. I'm here. Yeah, that'd be a lot cooler. If she just opened the door, Revic's body was just... He was just standing there over Cameron, like... And he, like, was kind of, like, looking at yeah, his hands. Like, yeah. he's, like, this new being. He's, like, super-powered. Yeah. But then you realize, yeah, it's actually can't. I guess they right. wanted to reveal that... Under a coat. Under a coat that there was another vessel, that they didn't destroy both of each other. Yeah. I guess that's the idea, that they didn't want to be, like, oh, there are two dead bodies in there. They wanted but right it to away, be, you like, only see one, so it's, like... Yeah. In the actual quote, we've won. Like I said. Yeah, we've yeah. We've won. Yeah. We've won, yeah. So, I mean... But to have that, the best practical effects, best, you know, intense scene. Aside from the thing. Aside. Oh, God, yeah. That's, God. That's that's going to be another three-hour podcast right there. Um, no, I, I like the way it ends. It ends, it's got that super intense thing, and then it's like one minute, and then boom. No. Yeah, I'm cool with it. Great movie. Okay, let's get into, let's get into thoughts. Yeah. This is what you this is what thought. we thought of the film. You go ahead, Omar. I love the movie. Um, me personally, I can only watch it here and there, just cause uh, cause of my mind stuff, <laughs> my migraines and stuff. It, it like fucks with me on a on another level. But as far as just like, uh, I I don't know why, but I keep comparing it to like a Nolan type of situation where it's like okay Cronenberg was a serious director and he he took things seriously but with this one it's just like we're gonna take these like telepathic people and we're just gonna give them superpowers and they're gonna do this and that but he still kept it within his style and that's what I like because the Cronenberg style is there always like and I guess that's why I'm comparing it to a Nolan movie where Nolan has his style He's going to take something seriously, but he's going to take a fucking Batman story. Except for Interstellar. I love that movie. Oh, and then he'll What ta- trash. Oh, God. See, he's starting shit. This is the guy that liked Blade Runner 2049. Yeah, yeah you're damn can, right. We can do that podcast. That'd be interesting. You love it. You hate it. I haven't seen it. Yeah. Oh. Which oh, one? Yeah, you Inter- said that before. Interstellar? Yeah. Yeah, and you yeah. said that before. That'd be a good idea because me and Omar both have opinions. And, and Blade Runner twenty forty nine. I will not ever watch that movie again. Ah, oh, don't be a pussy. 
It's not about being a pussy. It's about knowing what's good or not. We can Face have, your fears. We can have like other shows technically where yeah. it's like verses. Yeah, that's no, true. But uh, I, I Cronenberg is a top ten director of mine. So it's just like, and I don't Quentin Tarantino being in, uh, being number one, but Cronenberg. You're so basic, Omar. Top notch. I know. I get. I guess I I'm am. Just, but I'm just fucking with you. I prefer Larry Clark. Anyway, <laughs> but when you when you guys are done talking about the movie, I would like to talk about Cronenberg for like five ten minutes. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, Eddie, what did you think of Scanners? It was cool. I, I liked it. This is uh, your first time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was cool. I'll watch it again, definitely for sure. It's definitely not a one viewing thing for me. But also maybe not like a like yeah, you gotta I, go buy it. Yeah. Or um, if I find it. For like six bucks at a half-price book or magnesium. <laughs> they do buy. have. You Come know, on, ten dollars. Come on. To, I'm trying to impress y'all with my criterion, but I, I've seen like just the basic like, two thousand release date DVD of this, places for like four bucks. Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. Like if I run across like a Blu-ray for like eight ninety-nine, like whatever. Yeah, I'll buy it, but I'm not gonna like go on Amazon today. Yeah, and right. Go on my yeah, own. yeah, yeah. That I I definitely like preferring that like these movies like that. Just yeah, mm-hmm. if I run across it, mm-hmm. I'll purchase it. But I'm not gonna go on my computer later tonight. Go on Amazon, purchase it right away. Yeah. But I I did really like it. I thought it was really cool. I love the idea of it. Just something I haven't really seen before. I like all those. Where are you looking at? I'm just looking to see if you had all your Henrys or not. No, I'm only oh. drinking one. I'm a lightweight. Is this your first Cronenberg movie? Oh, no, no The Fly. Yeah, no, yeah, you let me borrow The Fly. Okay. Um, it, yeah, The Fly was a little less graphic than this movie. Yeah. Wait. Wait <laughs> no, you think so? Joke, joke. I okay. kid. I yeah, kid. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I kid. Uh, <laughs> I didn't see anyone puking on someone else's hand. On this and movie. then it dissolving. Yeah. yeah. But no, this was cool. I definitely liked it. Um, I, I don't know, the thing, the bad things I had are just really picky, like the coat scene, just things like that, but the overall movie was very fun to watch, okay. and I had a great time watching it. Okay, great. Alright, uh, my thoughts, <laughs> what? Nothing. <laughs> Go ahead. Listen to me now, I'm smarter than AJ. <laughs> okay, <laughs> great, now. <laughs> I'm, I'm the smartest one here. <laughs> he said that last time. Know, was, I'm bringing black, it back. He was blacked out when he said it last yeah, time. Yeah, I was, <laughs> at least this time I got a fucking reasonable amount of brain activity going on. <laughs> Uh, no, I also agree with Omar. Cronenberg is probably in my top eight directors. Uh, I, I have almost all of his movies. I have a couple of criterions of his. The, the Brood, this, um, Videodrome, The Fly, Dead Ringers. I mean, I, uh, later on he has some hits and misses, but, you know, for the most part, I, I love almost any movie he does. I feel he has a very um, solid grasp of the of the stories he's trying to tell, especially um, his science fiction stories, which I think are some of the best sci-fi movies you can watch. And uh, I, I've grown to like Scanners more and more. When I got it and I watched it the first time, I thought, no, it's like a little slow. Um... You know, there's only one head explosion, not that that's a detriment, but I just thought, you know, I thought there were going to be 
heads exploding left and right. In this Fan, uh, Fantastic Four uh, from 2015 has a lot of head explosions. Oh, yeah, Doctor Doom's exploding like a whole oh, hospital. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that that was the only thing. That was I the only that, that was the only movie. redeemable part of that entire movie. So that movie, I would say, is better than Scanners. Yeah, yeah, easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great, the? great review, AJ. Son of a, great. Son of a fucking bitch. Are you done talking, no, AJ? No. Okay, keep going. All right. Point is. Point is, I give Scanners a very decent rating because. Cronenberg, with the amount of money he had at his disposal really created a movie that is not unbearable to watch unlike zombie 3 you can watch this shit and besides omar's migraines i mean you could watch scanners enjoyably yes anytime you wanted yes whereas zombie 3 is like okay i watched that once i really don't need to ever see it again scanners you would definitely feel sort of like a feeling like i remember scanners maybe i'll pop that in tonight you know so I don't think it's Cronenberg's best movie, but I think it's 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 a start of Cronenberg getting really good. Great. Leading into <laughs> leading into Omar wanting to talk about Cronenberg, I just want to ask one question. I'm not too big of a director type guy, but is this man still alive? Yep. Okay, he's still. What's his most recent film? Um, Map to the Stars. What year was that? Uh, uh, you just give me a r- roughly 2016, I think. Oh, okay, that's interesting. Alright, well, you guys can talk about Cronenberg now. I really have nothing to say. Well, I mean, uh, okay. Other than, other than that, so what Cronenberg have you seen? Just The Fly and Just this? Just The Fly. I've, fly heard, of, I've heard of video drawn, but haven't okay. looked the into fly, it. The Fly being probably one of the most famous ones, but that one, that one's a, a great one. And then you think of, I, I call him David... Uh, Cringeberg, because yeah, mm-hmm. all his movies are like that. Body horror, uh, cringy things going on all the time. It, it, and But it's a, it, the reason I like him is not because of that, but also because of that. Because he's able to get a rise out of you with his his films. Yeah, he, he's a, he pushes the envelope and what he can be showing or the plot lines he has i mean point is is that um you know we have a lot of guys that just direct the same movie over mm-hmm. and over again yep and it's and it's nothing interesting or different or maybe subversive or interesting special effects it's just you know seven transformers movies stanley kubrick what I all right like we're just gonna i just like yeah. getting you upset because you love him yeah, so much yeah uh <laughs> I was about ready to punch Eddie. <laughs> but see, and, then, and Cronenberg started with the with the gruesome body stuff, and then he kind of went into these sort of like abstract dramas, abstract dramas, and then the the crime stuff. And then and he did the some history stuff. of violence and um, what's the Eastern what's, Promises? Eastern Promises, and that's where I can go because he can go from body horror, but then get a rise out of you, cutting blood, cringy, mind bending things. And showing you Viggo Mortensen's penis for five minutes, you know. So he, yeah, while he's, while he's chopping dudes up in a Turkish bath. Exactly. So, but what that? that's Eastern Promises. Yeah, you see, never seen that one. Oh yeah, so that's another good one. But going back to Scanners, also I actually prefer History of Violence to Eastern Promises, but yeah, I can go with that. And and you can always tell a a director. 
is a good one, a master class when he has a, a lot of the same actors in yeah. a lot of the movies. But going back to Scanners, one thing I noticed and I and I can't let this slip away before saying it is the beginning of the movie started with Revic blowing up the mm-hmm. bald head uh, the the guy's head off. Yeah. That started with a kind of a switcheroo situation where the the bald guy's going to say I'm going to scan you and Revic said no nah, motherfucker I'm going to scan you and I'm going to blow your head off. The end of the movie ends up being like a, a switcheroo of sorts also with Cameron yeah. saying, no, you're not going to absorb me, motherfucker. I'm going to absorb you, and essentially. But so that's, Cronenberg's got a good, he's just a master, and I think you, it's You want to know why that shit is, why they always, even though they're like, can be totally different, they have the same thing. Yeah. So he's got... Howard Shore, who's done every score for him. Every movie he's every done? Every movie. Okay, okay. He's got Ronald Sanders, who's edited every movie. And he's got Carol Spear, who's done the production design, design on every movie. Consistency. So, like, he's got like, a, he's got, like, a family of, you know, filmmakers that he trusts. And that's why they have such a, even though they're different plots and not exactly the same genre, they have such a connecting Cronenbergness to them. And that creates a, a level of, even because in the movie itself, looking at that artist, that artist had its style. Frank Miller has a style. Jim Lee has a style. Mm-hmm. You know, like you notice those things. I haven't seen all Cronenberg movies. The Brood, AJ brought that one up. Great movie. Another just like disgusting end where you're like, oh my God. Psycho sexual thrillers thing. A lot of a lot of directors too, and and I think I, I heard you mentioning the uh, Del Palma earlier. Del Palma's a director. He he adds a, a level of like sex to his stuff that makes me horny when I watch his movies, and also violence that makes you excited. It, it really weird, but violence then makes you horny. What? Yeah. Cronenberg. <laughs> I'm a giant De Palma fan, so if we talk about De Palma, it's going to go on for an hour. So I, would, just... I would love that, but Cronenberg uh, just does like a body thing and like an organic, it's, weird... It's, yeah, and, and more solitary. It's just about like the person going through this change in a lot of his films. Dead Zone, another like very abstract type of, uh, so, you know, Christopher Walken. Have you, and, have you seen Dead Ringers? Dead Ringers, I have not okay, seen. Okay, I'll have to bring that over to you then. because Shivers, Rabbit, great. I didn't see. I've seen both those. Both of those are great. but Cosmopolis. Even, even lower budget than this one, so just so uh, you know. Another Vigo movie that I remember seeing, but I totally, totally forgot. A, a Dangerous Method. A Dangerous Method, method yeah. yeah. And that one, I don't remember anything about it. He, play, uh, he plays Freud. Yeah. Vigo Mortensen plays Freud. Yep, yep. And then I think uh, Michael Fassbender plays young. Yep, yep. And then Videodrome. I think if we're gonna if we're gonna talk about Cronenberg, might as well. Videodrome is my favorite Cronenberg film. Okay, so that's your top one. Yeah. So okay, so if you had a, a top five to recommend, if okay, because Eddie hasn't seen. Yeah. What would you? What would your I top five? Okay. Based on ones five. you've seen, because I haven't seen I've all s- of them. I've seen, you've seen all. I've, of them? I've seen all of them. Okay. Um, 
it's kind of different because it's like you said, he kind of has two phases. He kind of has the sci-fi body horror phase, and then he has the kind of drama slash subversive dramas that he yep. has afterwards. Yep. Um, so Cerebro, if, though. Right. Very cerebral. So if you want to know where Cronenberg starts, I would recommend... Um, because Videodrome is pretty weird. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Especially I, the so, ending. So I would say if you want an extreme number one example of early per, early period Cronenberg, I would say The Fly. If you want an example of something that has no sci-fi, um, I would probably say I would probably say Dead Ringers or A History of Violence. You got two more. <laughs> he said well, top five. Oh, top five. Well, if you want to start with those, I mean, if you if you so feel okay, strongly... so I'll just do a list and people can figure out whether or not they like it or not. I would go. I would go. Videodrome. Um, Videodrome. Dead Ringers. The Fly. History of Violence. And probably scanners. What about existence? Yeah, that one. That one, I'm not a huge fan of. I'll be that honest. one was just like, hey, look, look at the weird fleshy gun. Okay, if I <laughs> if I can, uh, I would do no particular order. But if I gotta throw five at you, video drone. Yeah. The fly. Mm-hmm. Scanners. Yeah. Uh, those those are probably the top three. Uh, man. History of Violence, I got it because I saw that. I so, have and the Brood, the uh, Brood. So, so, you so see. we're pretty close. The, yeah, I, I agree. The Brood, the Brood is there, but I was trying to give people kind of an overview of what they should watch. Yeah, Eastern Promises, I would throw in there. I really love that one. I own that one on Blu-ray. But um, if I gotta throw five at two, that's 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 the five I'll throw. Yeah. Point is, even Matt, even M Butterfly. Have you seen that? Nope. Even M Butterfly is really well constructed and done. It's completely different than The Fly. Completely opposite. But yeah, it's like China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just like China. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, no, because I'm. It takes I, I place. It, it takes I, place, and I think I think Hong Kong. I have it here on my phone, so I I just kind of been referencing to it because it says 1960s China, French diplomat Reen. Gallimard falls in love with an opera singer. Yeah. But song is not all Gallimard thinks. And M, it, and it M and, Butterfly. And has a pretty famous ending. From um, 1993. Yeah. And uh, also, oh man, I need to rephrase my five, well, not my five favorites. One of my favorites that probably comes pretty close after Videodrome is Naked Lunch. That's another one. But I, that's, I, that's super weird, people. So if you, I mean... It's real weird. So if you're not into that, if you're not into being like, what the fuck is that creature, and why does it take place in the fifties, and all that different type of stuff, don't check out. Starring, Peter Weller, mm-hmm. Robocop. Robocop. So yeah, I don't know. You want to say anything else about Cronenberg, or is that it? That's about all I got for Cronenberg. I mean, thanks for listening. This has <laughs> been this has been Slob Cinema, giving a little overview on the. The movies of David Cronenberg and talking especially about this little special movie, Scanners. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.